Good evening, everybody. It's Jesse Wayne, Teddy the Bald-Headed Country Boy here with the original Bald-Headed Country Boy over here, Bald-Headed Papa T. What you got, dude? Not much. How are you doing? Fantastic. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be anywhere. Yeah, dude. As long as I can get vertical, man, I'm doing all right, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the thing. As long as I can get vertical. I wake up every morning, I say, Lord, there ain't nothing going to happen today that me and you can't handle together. So just jump in there with both feet, buddy. That's that's the motto to live. You know by. what my granddaddy used to say? My granddaddy Sullivan. He used to say he used to say, "Son, you either got to get in or you got to get out." One of the two. He said, "There ain't no there ain't no such thing as riding in the middle. You either got to get in the race like, or you got to get out of the race." I do feel like I've heard you tell me that before. Yeah, and I've heard him say it many a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you got to get in or you got to get out. He had a lot of good sayings, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's the one, that's probably the one I remember the most is, you know, you got, you got to get in or you got to get out. Mm-hmm. And I think about that a lot, you know, when, when life gets tough and you, you know, you go, I'm just going to throw my hands up and, and give up, you know, and I think everybody goes through that, you know, I, I think about him and, and him saying, son, you know, there, there's, there's no riding the fence. You either got to get in or you got to get out. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to stay into something. Yeah, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe he'll be gone thirty-seven years this year, and I still think about him every day. Mm-hmm. That's how much of an impact that fella had on my life. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. How's your day? Good, dude. Good. Went on a three and three and a half mile walk, something like that. Mm. With mom and Catherine earlier. That sounds like. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Does it? Are you sure? Is that what it actually? I walked is? across. I walked across the floor in the house about four times today, dude. I'm about to say the last time I didn't. I just didn't expect for you to say fun. I was being facetious. I realized that. It I was lying. Me off guard. I was lying through my teeth. Lord, forgive me. Revelation twenty one eight. I'm sorry. It caught me off guard because. I was not expecting fun. Yeah, you won't ever hear me say that walking is fun. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> you never know. Well, you know. All depends on where you're walking to a lot of times. Yeah. You know. Like if I'm walking to a barbecue or if I'm walking <laughs> to a chitlin supper or if I'm walking to a, uh, you know, a, 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 ham, a hamburger, big hamburger, then right. yes, the walking does, it does... Changes your attitude about things a little bit about the wall. It does put a little pep in your step. All right. So that last year, Hunter and I, Hunter invited me to come down to, uh, that place y'all played downtown that they had the crawfish boil. Okay. I never, I never had been to a crawfish boil before. Right. And, uh, so I was, I was pretty excited. Mm-hmm. So I went down there and, um, you had to walk up a hill to get your ticket. Then you had to walk down the hill and that set up real nice. You know, they, they'd seat you and, and then, uh, then they would come down, check your ticket and then they, you know, they bring you, they bring you as much crawfish as you wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. So there were several of it. You know, he had some buddies down there. Some of your buddies were down there and we we're all sitting around the table and, and they just brought out several plates of crawfish and, 
you know, the sides and, you know, corner stuff, you know. But before this happened, I'm walking down the steps and I'm talking to one of Hunter's buddies, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked over my shoulder and I missed that last step. And I fell off that curb into the street right there and rolled. And of course, Hunter's right behind, right in front of me and, and he sees me hit the ground. And what does he do? He screams, you know, cause I'm just trying to get up, right? I just want to get up and pretend like it never happened and hope nobody saw me, right? Hunter's walking like two or three steps in front of me. He goes, Oh my gosh, dad, are you okay? Oh my gosh, get him up, get him up. I'm like, Oh my word. Just shut up and get me up off the ground. Man tore my knee up, tore my elbow up. I was bleeding like a stuck hog. And bless their hearts, those people that ran that place down there, uh, I, w- I wish I could think of the name of it. Uh, it's where you fell off the stool that time. Oh, Tennessee Brew Works? Tennessee Brew Works, yeah. Those, is that what it's called? It is called that, right? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. The the people the first of all the lady that brought the plates over she ran over there she started checking me out you know then they brought out this first aid kit and there I had three people at one time bandaging me up and uh, and I told them you know before I left I, I said I want to thank y'all for taking such good care of me and they said well you okay you know if if you have any repercussions of this here's my you know the guy gave the uh, the manager gave me his card and I'm like you're not gonna hear from me you know. <laughs> That this had nothing to do with you. It had all everything to do with me for not watching where I was going, you know. But yeah, so walking, uh, walking can be fun. Sometimes it can be quite painful, and uh, especially when you're as clumsy as I am. I, I'm just I'm clumsy. I can walk across this floor right here and fall in the middle of the floor. So well, we all fall from time to time. You know? And uh, the older you get, the worse it is. Mm-hmm. It really stinks. There's... Falling, falling's not nearly as much fun as it used to be. No. You know, so no doubt about that. So much for walking and talking and, and, and falling, you know? (laughs) Well, I've had several people talk to me about the podcast. They've come up to me like at different places. Like recently we went to the rodeo and I had over a handful of people come just, Dude, hey, man, it's good to see you listening to that podcast you and your dad started doing. All I've got to say is these people must be really hard up for entertainment. <laughs> what do you think? I guess so. You know, they must be really hard up for entertainment. So. But it really meant a lot to me that they all said something to me. You know who I've had come up and talk to me about it? Huh? I've had three people who work in the landscape business come up and tell me that they've been listening to us. That's cool. And I guess it's because when they're working, they listen to podcasts. Yeah. But they, I've had three people in the landscape, three different landscapers come up and tell me they've been listening to mm-hmm. us, which I thought, man, I never thought I'd tap into the landscaping business, but hey, you know, whatever it takes. <laughs> Pretty cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. Absolutely. Uh, we were appreciate Those of you that have been listening strong since day one and those of you just recently jumping on, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I we, still can't believe people like to listen to me and you talk. It's but really cool that now to amazing. see more people that I didn't necessarily expect. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Nice. That's yeah. Cool. We're, we're great. We're so very much. grateful. I mean, this is, yeah. this is started or like, out as or a, like people that I, that I just knew were there, but hadn't talked to and so, or like yeah. seen in such a long time. Right. Um, yeah. Just re- thank you guys. Yeah, we, we really it. do appreciate it. it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it, 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 it's been, uh, 
you know, this was Jesse's brainchild. He came up with the idea, and I'm like, son, nobody wants to listen to us talk. I don't even like to listen to us talk most of the time. But for some reason, uh, we we have a chemistry that, that people like to uh, embark on, and we appreciate that. And we always want to hear what you think. And uh, so, you know, I've had some people that have sent me story that they want me to tell. Yeah. Um, that I had just completely forgotten about. That is pretty funny. And that and I, is I've awesome. Had, I've had a couple of people send me stories that they wanted to hear as well. So yeah, that, that's just funny. And things that I've heard you talk about before in the past, I've heard the stories, but I haven't heard them in a long time kind of deal. So it, just, yeah, if you've got a, really, if you've got a story out there that you've heard me tell, I heard my daddy tell or something like that. And you want to hear it, please, please remind me because it's a good possibility that I just hadn't thought of it in a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we, we really do appreciate the input. Man, yesterday was a long day. Saturday yeah. was a long day. We went to the Fairview ballpark to watch one nephew play ball. And we ended up watching not that nephew because he wasn't there, but we ended up watching three more nephews play ball. So we were at the ballpark yesterday in Fairview from 1030 in the morning till about four o'clock yesterday afternoon. And it was 93 degrees. Mm-hmm. I about died. That is not that a fat died. boy's. That is not a fat boy's place right there. It was hot, dude. I don't think I had a dry thread on on me when I got back in the car yesterday afternoon. Mm. But we did enjoy watching the nephews play ball. And it's always fun to go to the Fairview Ballpark because you see people you had not seen in a while. Yeah. And you get to talk to folks. And, of course, I love watching the little ones play ball. It cracked me up, man. Mm. That's fun. That's fun watching <laughs> the little ones play ball. So shout out to the Fairview Ballpark. I got a question. You were talking about some of the stories that people have brought up. Let's let's hear one of them. I I can think of one right as I say. If you can't think of one off the top of your head, you want to tell? I'm, 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 but tell me which one you want that you want me to tell. Well, the one I can think of off the top of my head is the doorknob. Okay, all right. I'm going to tell I uh, I'm I'm going to tell this story. All right. Now the, the, the I and the only reason I even say is because it was requested to by, be told. by my cousin Corey. Okay. My first cousin, Corey, who was not even around when this happened, because yeah. I was only three years old when this happened. And I feel like this is one of those stories that have, has gotten embellished over the years. You know, when you're three years old, you don't remember a lot. I do remember this incident, but I don't remember all the things that led up to it. Okay. But we were at my grandma and grandpa Sullivan's house. And... I don't remember what, like I said, I don't remember what led up to it. I went and opened the refrigerator door at my grandma's house for something. And my mama came up behind me and said, shut that door and close the refrigerator door on me. And when she did, I got angry. And I called the refrigerator door an SOB. Okay. Now that's what they said I did. I, I, I guess I did. I probably, that sounds like something I might have done when I was three. So I called the refrigerator door an SOB and mama got on to me. Well, when, when mama got on to me, I got even more angry and I went over that, the, the door that went from the, the, 
the, the main house down to the basement, I went to bite the doorknob. Now, why I went to bite the doorknob, I don't know. I was three, and I was angry. <laughs> I wanted to bite something. I knew if I bit mama that I'd be pushing up Daisy at the cemetery in a couple of days. And so I decided that I would bite the doorknob going from the, the main house to the basement. Now, I didn't, I didn't intend. All I want to do was just bite it, right? Well, they had these doorknobs that were in such a shape that when your mouth went over the top of it and you bit down on it, it 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 was it was kind of an oval shape. No, oh. my mouth slid over the doorknob, so I'm still angry, crying, probably cussing, and my mouth got stuck on the doorknob. So my aunt Donna, who was 13 at the time, goes to the refrigerator and gets some butter and a butter knife. And she came over and slathered that butter on my lips and on the doorknob and pried my mouth off of that doorknob with that butter knife. Had it not been for my aunt Donna, I would still be sitting there today with my mouth (laughs) over that doorknob. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now folks let me tell you something first of all if you slam a refrigerator door don't call it an sob that's just not nice and second of all if you want to bite something go bury your head in a pillow and bite the pillow or something like that don't bite a doorknob because it's not good for your teeth and it's certainly not good for your reputation because that story has followed me for 50 years <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, is that what you expected that story to be? No, it, land, it landed really well. Is that what you expected? Had you? T- I don't think you probably never heard me tell that story. It's not something I'm very proud of. I feel like I've I feel like I've heard it before, though. That's because your aunt Donna brings it up every time we're around her. <laughs> I think it was probably one of the highlights of her life. That's with seeing me bite the doorknob, but I didn't just bite it. I I eat it. I mean, I was. I guess I was really close to swallowing that doorknob. I don't know what would have happened if it hadn't been for her. I might have died there. <laughs> That's hysterical. It happened. I could take you to the very door where it happened. It sure did. Because, and you ain't Donna. Every time we're together, she'll bring it up. That's funny. Every single time. That's a good one. I'm not something I'm not very proud of. There are a lot of those out there. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why the people some people request stories of the dumb things that I did when I was a kid. You know, that's just funny little stuff. You know, I don't know why they think that's so funny. I didn't find any humor at all in that whole story. To me, that was not funny. But to everybody else, it's funny. You know, and so I I don't know why people find humor in things like that. I really can't believe that I'm putting this out there for everybody to know. But that's something that I did. But hey, that really is hysterical. Though. My life is my life. I don't is an think open any book. less of you. I just think it's really hilarious. Oh, it happened. I can totally it totally hear happened. you trying to say something with your mouth full of oh, doorknob. I, I remember screaming bloody murder because <laughs> I tried to pull my mouth off of that doorknob and I couldn't get it off, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And of course, at that time. People in the, you know, the other people there kind of started freaking out a little bit. Oh my gosh, Travis has got his mouth stuck on the doorknob. 
what are we going to do? Well, my Aunt Donna, who's who's fairly, you know, cool. I mean, she she keeps her composure in, in you know, situations. Mm-hmm. She went over and got the butter and the butter knife and, 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 and pried my mouth off with that doorknob. That's crazy. I, you know, I've always, I've often wondered if that doorknob is still on that door, if there's teeth marks on that doorknob. Indeed. I never looked. And you're saying this was at Miles and Paul's house? No, this was at my grand, my, at Margaret's house. This is at my grandmother's house. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know the do you know the door that went from the house down to the garage? Do you remember that? It's been uh no. I okay. Don't. All right. Well that's if the I one were to I walk over there and you pointed it, I'd be like, Okay, yeah. yeah. Well that's the but, one I bit, yeah. No, I can't I can't. And to all my relatives out there who are I listening. I do remember to this, walking down now that you mentioned that, like yeah. but I don't remember anything else. Yeah, so all of my relatives who are listening to this who've gone through that door, who've been in that house and gone through that door, and you can imagine now that you actually grasped the doorknob that almost killed me. Put me in an early grave. Well, I'm glad it didn't put you in a grave. Yeah, because you wouldn't even be I here. Say, I wouldn't even be here. You so. wouldn't even be here. So, you know, that doorknob might have ended your legacy. Mm. You never know. Mm. You know? If it hadn't been for him, like I said, if it hadn't been for your Aunt Donna, I would still be there on that doorknob, and I never would have married your mama because I doubt her daddy would have let her marry somebody with a doorknob stuck in his mouth. No. I don't think that would have ever happened. He would have laughed. Oh, yeah. Hard. I'm sure he would have. He would have laughed real hard at you. I'm sure he would have. You ain't got any papa stories, do you? Um, now that we mentioned. Well, you know, two of my favorite stories to tell about your papa. Which mom told me the other day. She was listening to the podcast and she said, uh, I'm going to have to correct a few things that y'all have said. She said that we said something. I don't remember exactly what it was. I'll have to talk to her later about it. But well, see, about the story we were telling about chewing tobacco, she said something about it was off. Oh, of course, she's going to say that. You know, because <laughs> she's going to. Let me tell you something about your mother. Your mother will defend your grandfather, her father. No, I think she was to her talking death. about getting on to both of y'all. She did get on to both of us. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She did get on to both of us. But the fact of the matter is I expected Papa to come down on you hard for, for dipping, and he didn't. So that was that was where the flaw came in right there, you know. <laughs> the flaw. That's hilarious. He he was definitely flawed for sure. But I love him, and I miss him. Think oh, about him often. Very That's often. for sure. Um. So my two favorite stories to tell about Papa, uh, which is my, my father-in-law, uh, was the night that I asked, I asked your mama to marry me. I'd already tell, told her that I was going to ask her to marry me. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you can't ask me to marry you until you ask my daddy first. I said, I, I, I agree with that. I, I respect that. That's a, that's a wonderful tradition. Man ought to go to the to the future bride's father and ask him to marry his daughter. So we had decided we were going to ask her mom and daddy together, and that your mother was going to be in the room with me when I asked her parents if I could marry her. So we went to 
set up a time, went to her house. She walked through the end door first, you know, through Grandmama's den. Mm-hmm. And when she walked through that end door, she made a beeline to, upstairs to her bedroom. Now, I was not allowed upstairs <laughs> for obvious reasons. So I stood at the bottom of the steps and beckoned her to come downstairs. And she goes, I can't. I'm not coming down. I can't. You know, you need to do this. This is this is your thing. You need to do this. So I go in there and I sit down on the on the couch. Your papa's on one end, I'm on the other, and grandmama is sitting across the the room watching television. We're watching the news. And so a commercial came on, and I said, "Well, I I need to talk to y'all about something." Dead silence. The only thing was you could hear was the news or the commercial between mm-hmm. the news. <clears throat> I said, yeah, I got something I need to ask y'all. I said, uh, I'm, I want to, I want to ask Donna to marry me. Dead silence. Neither one of them said a word. At this point, my heart is beating in my chest. I can feel my, it feels like my heart's going to jump out of my chest. And I'm thinking, what are they going to say? You know, what if they say no? And so I looked over at, uh, looked over at your grandmother and, uh, at that time, it was before she was your grandmother, and I called her Miss Johnson. I said, Miss Johnson, I said, did you hear what I said? I want to ask Donna to marry me. And she goes, well, I don't know. You're going to have to ask her daddy. Well, the man was sitting right next to me on the couch. I mean, I could reach my arm out and touch him. So I looked over at him, and I said, "I said, well, I want to ask Donna to marry me. What do you think? And he goes, well, if she hadn't got any better sense, then I guess she deserves you. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> Can I ask her or not? And he goes, I don't. He said, I don't care. He said, but it don't mean she's going to say yes. I said, no, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. And so finally I went to the bottom of the steps to your mama and I said, all right, it's time for us to go. So she came down and we went to out the back door. And I, I, I went and asked her if, if, uh, if I could marry her. But he said, he's, the words he said was, if she ain't got no better sense than to say yes, then she deserves you. That's so, pretty hilarious. Well, I mean, that's the way it happened. That's the, that's way, the way it, it happened. happened. Then the night we got married, we had to be there and I, you know, hour or two early because they were taking pictures and everything. And this is, you know, the, the groom wasn't supposed to see the bride on the wedding day or their kids would be born with like, 13 toes or something. I don't know what that, you know, old wise tale is. But anyway, wasn't anybody there, but me and him standing in the foyer, all the girls was outside getting pictures made and everything, you know, we were standing in the foyer of the church, looking in at the auditorium and all the decorations and the candles and all that stuff, you know? And I said, man, I said, I, all this stuff will be over here in an hour. or So I said, I'll sure be glad. Won't you? He didn't say a word. He had his arms folded. And he was looking in there at that auditorium, and he he just kept looking straight, never said a word. I thought, well, maybe he didn't hear me. I said, well, won't be long, and all this mess will be over. I said, I'll sure be glad, won't you? And he said, you ever lay a hand on her, and I'll kill you. (laughs) And I thought, wait a minute. Tonight's my wedding night. What are you talking about? (laughs) You know, what do you mean? He goes, if you ever hurt her by laying your hands on her, I'll kill you. And I'll hide your body and they'll never find you. And I went, 
I wait a minute. I have no intentions of ever hurting your daughter, ever putting my hands on her and hurting your daughter. He said, if you never put your hands on her and hurt her, said, we'll never have a problem. And the man went to his grave and we never had a crossword. He kept his end of the deal. I kept mine. I never hurt his daughter, but I put my hands on her and he never had a, had a reason to intervene. So we, we got along great. And you know, I, I guess at that, at that point in time, I probably had, I took a little offense to that, you know, but I look back at it now and I'm like, that's not a bad conversation for a future father-in-law to have with his son-in-law, you know, you know, you, you're not going to mistreat my little girl, you know? And of course I never had any intentions of mistreating her. Right. I didn't mistreat her. And so he and I got along great. So Papa laid it all out there on the line. I knew where I stood with him. So when your mama and I first got married, we get into a little argument and I throw my hands up and step back about three or four feet. And she'd say, what are you doing? I said, I don't even want people driving down the road to think I'm laying my hands on you because your daddy said that if I ever laid my hands on you, he'd kill me and hide my body and they'd never find me. <laughs> so even people driving down the road couldn't say that they saw me lay my hands on her. <laughs> That's hilarious. Good old Papa. That's was, that was some good Papa stories right there. Hey, he he was a good man. And and mm-hmm. let me tell you something. When he when when he told me that that day, there was no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. If I ever decided that I was going to hit your mama. That dude would have had me killed and that they'd have never found my body. There was no <laughs> doubt in my mind, you know? I mean, you know, he liked to laugh and cut up and pick at people, but there was no cutting up about that. He was as serious as he could be. And I took him seriously. And t- even to this day, I take him seriously. You, you know? Don't you? I'd be, no, I'd be afraid he'd say, hey, hey, Lord, Travis just uh, sucker punched my daughter. Take him out. <laughs> Hey Lord. You know? Hey Lord. Hey Lord. Take him out. I'd be afraid he'd do it now. So I'm just like that deal that deal still remains to this day and it will to the day I die. You know. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Okay, so I got a question for you. Since you told me some papa stories, why don't you tell me some some Paul stories? Oh man. It can be anything. I really uh I thought it was Cool, you were talking about him taking in the last one we played the or that one about the bald egg or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he took you over to Shiloh. Well, he took me over to Shiloh one time too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if I said that in the last podcast, but he did. He yeah, took he me, me over that. there, and we spent the night out there. And I think we stayed two days, maybe. I think that's about as long as we could take. It wasn't that long. Daddy loved to do stuff like that. He loved history. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the things that I know about our family and the, the older generations and so forth and so on are because I sat and I listened to daddy tell what he remembered about growing up around these old, a lot of these older people that have, you know, some gone way before I was even born, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, 
he loved going to places like that. He loved going to, to the, the Civil War battlefields. He loved going to the arc, state archives and looking up stuff and, and things like that. My daddy was a very, a lot of people may not know this in him, but he was a very, very smart man and very talented. And, uh, but he was also a little bit of a spoiled brat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, he had the only child syndrome mm. and, you know, growing up, um, daddy was, you know, I, I saw daddy when he would, you know, when he was not a spoiled brat and I saw him when he was, you know, mm. just, uh, just kind of the way he was raised. But, uh, you know, there's so many stories to tell about daddy. For one thing he hated. He hated the water. Okay. He, he couldn't swim and he was scared to death of the water. Okay. You know, I didn't realize that he couldn't swim, but I no. did know that he didn't love the beach because after you tell this and, but I got when daddy, you, when if water got over daddy's toes, he got freaked out. You know, I don't even <laughs> think, I don't even think the man, I don't even think the man ever took a bath. I think the only thing he ever took was showers because uh-huh. he was afraid of the water. Okay. And so, hang on a second. Throat's getting dry. So, Daddy, he loved to go to a creek, okay? And the reason being is because the creeks were shallow, and he didn't have to worry about drowning, you know. Because if he got in three or four inches that of water, is there's plenty, you know. So he would walk out I'm a, into... I'm a creek guy. He's a creek Yeah, He was a creek guy. He loved to go to a creek. In the summertime, we go to a creek I'm a creek. I love creeks, too. That's just hilarious. Oh, he I'm loved going stick, to a creek. I'm going to stick with the creeks. <laughs> so, but he could not stand to get cold water splashed on him. Okay? Okay. He, I can see Daddy now. If, if he did decide to walk out... You know, maybe in two or three feet of water in the ocean, he'd be like, all right, just let me, just let me get in. Just let me get in. Just let me get in. Let, let me do it myself. Let me do it myself. I can hear him saying it, you know, because, you know, we were excited to be there and we were splashing water and everything. Daddy wanted everybody to be completely silent and didn't do anything. He wanted to pretend like he's dead until he got into the water, you know. So one time when I was about seven or eight years old, we were down in, in Waynesboro. On Eagle Creek in between Waynesboro and Clifton and Daddy decided that everybody needed to go to the creek that day. So we piled up in a couple of cars. Me and Mom and Daddy and my sister and aunt and uncle and probably my cousins, their grandkids, we all went to the creek. There was a whole, there was two carloads full of us. We went down there to the creek. Daddy found a place that had a little nice little swimming hole and a little shallow place for Daddy to play and all this stuff, you know. And so Daddy decides he's going to get in the swimming hole. Swimming hole probably wouldn't be about three foot deep, right? <laughs> so he starts getting in the swimming hole. And I'm standing kind of behind him over to his right a little bit, right? He's easing down. You know, he'd, he'd take a step and that water just as cold as it can be, son. You can't imagine how cold that water was. But as a kid, I didn't care, you know. Right. Well, my aunt, my great aunt, my dad's aunt, reached down and grabs a double handful of water in her hand and she splashes him in the back. <laughs> he he hunkered over 
and stopped. And fire started coming out of his eyes. <laughs> Beams started coming out of his eyes. Words started coming out of his mouth that no man should hear. <laughs> and he starts looking for me. Because he just knew that I was the one that splashed that water on him. <laughs> well, I was standing over here within, you know, arm's reach of him. And Daddy reached over to grab me. And I go, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And he said, don't you lie to me. Get over here. Don't you lie to me. Yep. Uh, and then my mama started hollering, Jerry, Jerry, it wasn't Travis. It was Pauline. It was Pauline. And so when Daddy realized that, he let go of me, which I was very grateful because I knew what was coming next, right? Yeah. I was very grateful. And then my Aunt Pauline, you should see the fear in her eyes when he turned around and he looked at her. Of course, he didn't go after her. But, buddy, let me tell you, if it hadn't have been for my mama, I'd have probably been floating down that creek because Daddy was fixing <laughs> to let me have it. And I was not the one who did it that floating time. Down I'm not going to say I never did that to him, but I didn't do it that time. <laughs> you know. That's hilarious. Okay, so here's my paw and water story. And this one is one that is always, like, honestly, is one of the top stories I think of when I think of Paul. And I always think of it at the beach. And honestly, I'm surprised I didn't talk about it last time we talked about the beach. But one time before he died, I don't remember what year it was, but we all went to vacation together. It was your side of the family, which typically we got to go with Grandmama and Papa almost every year, but we didn't ever get to go with, with mom and Paul like that as frequently. Right. But we did that year and it was really cool. And it was good getting to have a vacation with them like that. Um, I don't remember how old I was, dad. That's why I'm kind of looking at you, hoping you, you would maybe know I'm gonna say, when that was. I'm going to say this would have been probably, Two thousand seven, wow, something like that. That's crazy. Okay, so that's a long time ago. I was a little little runt, and uh, I was aggravating my granddaddy Jerry, dad's dad, and trying to get him to go get in the beach with us because obviously he didn't like water. He hadn't been down mm -hmm. at all, at all. And I was like, "You're gonna really come down to the beach." And you're not gonna go down there and get in it one time. You're gonna you're gonna do all this and come down here. No, no, Jesse. This was this was a long time before that. You would have been 15 in 2007. I was about to say, dude. I feel you like were about seven because I was young when I got it. This would have been this. like 99 or 2000, somewhere in the neighborhood like yeah. that. Yeah, I mixed up on my date. Sorry, about but that. I don't know. Maybe I was a little older. I, regardless, anyways, here's the deal. And Daddy probably hadn't been on the beach in probably 10 years. This this particular trip, I think, was the last time he went down to the beach. I believe you're right. And he, I, I finally got him to come down there. And he was just so stressed out, dude. He was so, so He hated it. So. I'm telling you, he hated going to the beach. The whole way down the elevator and everything. He, knew, he was so he, knew he was fixing out. the ground. He's thinking, I'm, all right, I'm going down, I'm going to drown in six inches of water. I Here's the deal. You. Somebody, as soon as he hit the sand, he fired up a cigarette. Okay. Yep. So he was still smoking at this point. He's 
fired up a cigarette. By the time he moseyed on down to the water, by the time he got down there, it was halfway gone, but he got to the water and he started easing his way in. And, uh, I mean, I don't think he was maybe up to where it was. I really don't think it was more than about seven or eight inches up on his leg. (laughs) And this wave, yeah, man, he was sitting there just puffing his cigarette and taking a little break from walking for a second. He took a little puff on that cigarette, and then this teeny little wave come out of nowhere and whopped him, dude. And when it did, he went flying. That cigarette went flying in there. And uh, we finally got him back up, and he... He cussed all the way back up to the daggum <laughs> sand, and then he was. We didn't see him at the water anymore. I mean, it was that quick and uh, short lived. Well, Daddy, I wish he, at that point, I was like, "Why don't you just stay down here and hang out with us?" But dude, he was not happy. All right, so just imagine Once he got his cigarette burnt. He was pissed. Just, so just get, just imagine being, you know, going to the beach with me. I've always enjoyed the beach. Always enjoyed the water. Okay. <laughs> And and we were very protective of you guys at the beach. You know, you had certain rules you had to follow, right? Right. You know, you couldn't go out too far. You had to be within arm's reach of one of of, of one of us. And when y'all when y'all learned to swim, and you all three were competitive swimmers, when all three of y'all were swim, you know, after you became swimmers, we didn't really worry about it that much. But we we're still concerned about the undertide and and the undertow and the riptides. Right. You know, so you had rules that you had to follow. All right. So, but, but you still had some freedom. We, we, we allowed y'all to get out there and experience the water and experience. Imagine growing up with daddy, my daddy, and going to the beach. You know, if it hadn't been for mama, we never would have even got to set foot in the water because he just knew that once he got over our toes, we were going to drown, you know. And so mama would get out there with us. Daddy was scared to death. He would just get out there up, about up to his ankles. Mama would get out there. I with do. Us I was about to say, I think I remember even, I feel like maybe there was one time we even got out there and had a waterproof camera and took some pictures yeah. with her even out there in the water with us now, yeah. that, now that you mention it. Yeah, Mama loved the beach. She loved the ocean. She'd get out there and, you know, she loved water. And Mama could swim. You know, when we were, when I was about seven, six, I guess I was about seven and my sister was five. She put us in swim lessons. Yeah. We, we took swim lessons all summer, one summer. And, uh, they, they had somebody with the Red Cross come out and give the lessons. Of course, you had to pay for them. You know, it wasn't much, but you had to pay for them. And then we had somebody come out in the Red Cross and they gave swimming lessons and told you what to do, you know, if, if an accident happened and all this stuff, you know, and I remember a lot of that. And I thought that was the coolest thing, you know. And mama said, we really didn't have the money to, to put y'all in swim lessons. She said, but I was bound and determined to put y'all in swimming lessons because I didn't want y'all to be terrified of the water like, like your daddy's Jerry. been uh, his whole life. That is, you know, hysterical. So we, you know, we, we got to take the swimming lessons and that's, a, that's one of the reasons that I, but I don't ever remember being scared of the water. At all, even before that, I don't yeah. remember being scared of the water. I don't so, necessarily remember being scared of the water either. I don't know. I don't remember how I like first. I, I know that I probably first started learning to swim over at like Grandma and Papa's in their pool. Yeah, but I don't remember, you know, specific. Yeah. And then we were on the swim team forever. So I mean, I right. remember learning technique. Well, we worked on the hard. Swim team, we but, worked hard to. 
to make sure that you guys were, you know, that you could survive in the water mm-hmm. it, up until the point to where, you know, I don't think y'all were ever really given any formal swimming lessons until you started the swim team. Right. You know, um, of course now your papa taught all three of you how to swim. Yeah. And, and how he did it is he walked you over to the edge and dropped you in the water and said, sink or swim. <laughs> and so y'all had no choice. You know, it was like three and a half foot. Four yeah, it was foot. about three and a half, four feet. But you were, you know, maybe a good two and a half, three foot tall at the See, time. See, I don't remember that. that specifically happening That's because you so me. little. I feel like I remember seeing it happen to Ashley and being like, wow, that's crazy. You didn't realize you could swim, did you? Yeah. Yeah, and you, yeah y'all, y'all went to the bottom and you bounced right back up. Of course, I was right there on top of you. I was watching him. He said, watch this. I'm going to teach these kids to swim. And that's what he did. Walk you over and drop you in the water and make you swim. You know, but, uh, I don't ever remember, remember being scared of the water. I always remembered, enjoyed being in the water. You know, I remember going down to Turnbull Creek. That's what I'm saying too. I don't remember ever being scared either. So even if that did happen to me, I never got scared of it in that instance. I remember when when we were kids, we'd go down to Turnbull Creek right below Grandma Bertha's house over Mm -hmm. Owen Cox Pike. Then you could drive right down to the creek. And Daddy would take his car right out there in the middle of the creek and park it and wash his car while we swam. Interesting. People did that all the time. They take their kid, they take their cars down there. Be sometimes there'd be two or three cars down there. And we people would be washing them with soap and everything. Just soap them, yeah. Just soap and water. You just take a bucket and you know you put a little soap in there and that is crazy. tide washing powders are what Daddy always used. He takes tide washing powders, wash his car. Take that bucket and rinse it off. I feel like that might not be uh, legal now. Yeah, I would say right now you probably get locked up for doing that. But I don't know. This may not. Forty five years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Though. I'm just. I'm curious. I'm curious. I don't know what the if there what the penalty. That was would kind be of a big that, deal, but, you know. I remember. Yeah. I remember my uncle Benny taking his car down there and <laughs> Daddy and uh, you know us getting out there and playing in the water while they washed their cars. That's hilarious. You know. Uh, you know, people do things in the country that are just fun. The people who've never lived in the country never got to experience, you know, there was nothing any more enjoyable on a Sunday afternoon than driving your car down there to the creek, watching daddy wash the car while you swam and mama packed, uh, you know, snacks and things, whatever she could grab out of the refrigerator and carried it down there. And you always had, we always had something to eat. And whatever anybody brought, we shared with anybody else that was down there because we mm-hmm. always brought more than we than we would consume, you know. And there'd be people coming swimming and and hanging out, and it was just it was just fun, you know. You did you didn't worry about anything in those days. You just you just you just enjoyed life, and people spent time together, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it was it, it was just a completely different time. Yeah. So, so vastly different than what, than the time we live in now. Yeah. It, listening back, I haven't gotten to do it as much lately in the last couple of weeks, but I've, I've burned some of the, the tapes that we've played a little bit of before. I've burned some of those to CDs and I've listened to them be burnt, but I haven't had the time to go back and like actually listen through things and mm-hmm. do some clipping and chopping here and there and, but uh it definitely has put some perspective on that for me how much things have changed since then 
and how drastically different, like, time, just quality hanging out time is spent. You know, I think, my, I think it's changed a lot for a lot of everybody. My granddaddy Sullivan in the summer had us, everybody had a standing invitation on Sunday afternoons to come to his house. He would fire up a, a, a grill and we're not talking about one of the big fancy grills that we have now. We're talking about a, about a 24 inch, maybe 30 inch grill that he had set up in the backyard back there. One of the little charcoal grills and he would fire up the grill and everybody would bring whatever they wanted to put on the grill and bring some sides and we'd sit around and, and everybody shared what they brought. You know, somebody, you know, most time it was hamburgers and hot dogs. That's all anybody could afford. Sometimes it was just hot dogs. That's all anybody could afford, you know? So we'd get hamburgers and hot dogs, put them on the grill. There was always the buns and the sides and the fixings to go on the meat. And we'd sit out there and I always remember this. We always had watermelon. My granddaddy loved watermelon. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Man. I love it. And we always had, we always had watermelon. He would take one and throw it in the freezer and go get it and cut it up. And right, we'd eat our meal and then we had watermelon, you know, mm-hmm. and we'd play horseshoes and sit around and talk. And, you know, that was the thing. Sometimes they'd be, they'd be 15, 20 people in that backyard, you know, mm-hmm. and we all spent time together mm-hmm. and people would sit around and talk and, you know, Nobody does that anymore. They just don't spend time together and just sit and talk. I mean, we're talking, we get there about four o'clock. Sometimes we wouldn't leave till about seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, you know. And, uh, we always had a good time doing those things. Kids would get out there and play and play games and the men would play horseshoes or some, and sometimes the women too, but you know, they play horseshoes and, uh, there was a basketball goal. You could shoot baskets if you wanted to. It was just, it was just so much fun just to just sit around and hang out. I, I, I think things have stayed the same in a lot of the same way in a lot of ways, but have also changed as well. And I think have just like sped up a lot. If that makes any sense. Like you're talking about having a meal every Sunday at whose house? Yeah. Whose, whose house did you my, say? My granddaddy Sullivan. Yeah. So, like, a lot of times, you you and Mom, if we're not going, if we don't have Fairview meal, typically you guys are trying to cook a meal and reaching out to everybody to see if they're Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we try to have so something here. There's something like that, but <clears throat> I think since there's so much, like, I don't know. I, well, guess, I like, guess you had a lot less when back I, then. When I I'm first saying. started dating your mama, you know, the first time I remember setting foot in their house was on was on a Sunday afternoon after church. We went over there to eat, eat lunch, and that was you had a standing appointment every week after church to go to Grandmama's house to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, of course, now we've we've whittled that down to a once a month thing mm-hmm. because there's so many of us, you know. But right. that's really how I got close to. My brothers-in-laws and, and my sister-in-laws is, is by just those Sunday afternoon gatherings mm-hmm. over there for two to three hours. We'd go eat lunch, and then we'd sit around and talk. Mm-hmm. You know, it was before this was 
you know, eight nineteen eighty six, I guess, eighty seven. You know, nobody had computers at that time in their house. Mm-hmm. We didn't have cell phones. Very few of us, if any of us, had beepers even. Yeah, wow. Know? So I mean, we 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 had nothing else to do. We couldn't afford to do anything else. Grandma would fix a big meal. We'd go over there and sit around eating, and, eat, and then we'd just sit around and talk, mm-hmm. get out in the yard and play games and whatever, you know. But that was the, the the time. That time was just so different than it is now. Everybody's in such a hurry, and uh, and then phones. Everybody's and, always on phones. Always on their phone. Always on yeah. phones. Always on. Phones. You know, and I'm not saying I'm not too. I'm. I'm I'm, I think I'm on it less these days than I, uh, than I used to be, but I still, you know, everybody's just always on their phone. I went, uh, last, I think it was last weekend. I ran to a convenience market down the street here, Mm -hmm. got in the truck and I was about a mile away from the house and I realized I left my phone at home and I made the choice. Oh, Tremendously, immediately. immediately. What if somebody needs me? What if, what if, what if your mama, cause I didn't tell her where I was going. I was only going to be gone 10, 15 minutes, you know, what if your mama can't find me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I got down to, I got down to Trousdale Avenue, did a U-turn, came back and got my phone cause I couldn't live without it, you know? And you're just sitting there going, oh, my goodness. I, I thought about that for a long time after that. I'm like, I have become so attached to that thing that it's it's almost having having the phone in my hand or in my pocket. It's almost like having the heart in my chest. I think I'm going to die if I ain't got it with me. You know? I really do think it has a big, a lot to do with that because I think our attention is con- and conversation is taken away because we're into that. More of like, you know, however many years ago we're talking, 40 years ago, you know, you just didn't have them. No. So you really, your attention was only, you physically was only allowed to be on those people around you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, there was less of like, I can tone out of that. But you didn't even have like little headphones then. Nope. Right? Nope. So like, you couldn't even be at like a, a big function or anything like that, or even a smaller function, but just like you couldn't be anywhere in public and just like tone out. No, you couldn't. You know, and you, nowadays you can't. Like you, you had, know, like you, you can walk up to somebody and talk to them for a, a sentence, and then be like, "Oh, hold on," and then turn off their ears, and you didn't even realize that they couldn't even hear a word you were saying. Right. Right. You know? Well, the if, so going back to those little cookouts we'd have at my granddaddy's house. You didn't have the earphones in. You weren't preoccupied with a cell phone in your hand or what have you. And even if you weren't even privy to a conversation, you, you, you were in, you were involved in that conversation just cause you could hear what was being said. Mm-hmm. You know? So if my granddaddy was telling a story about his granddaddy, then I could hear that. Right. I might not have been sitting at his feet listening to him tell that story, but I overheard it. You know, I was still a part of that conversation just simply because I was in the area at the mm-hmm. time, you know. And, uh, I did, you know, I'm not saying that cell phones are bad or anything. I, it, you know, it is another thing, you know, 
with social media and things like that, I'm I'm in touch with people that I wouldn't even know where they were today. Mm-hmm. I'm in touch with relatives. I wouldn't even know where to find them. Yeah. If I wanted to pick up the phone and call them, I wouldn't even know where to find them. Mm-hmm. So I'm in touch with it. So I think it's, there's some good that comes from, you know, technology and, yeah. you know, social media and things like that. But I also think that you, you, the younger generation like yourself it was not privy to the generation where I was brought up where you got to engage with people one-on-one. You know, I think one thing that, that really bothers me about the whole technology, social media thing more than anything is that people have lost their social skills. You know, they want to text and they want to email or they want an instant message or something like that. But when you see them face to face, they don't, they've lost that ability to communicate face to face. You know, now I'm not saying you guys have, because we've worked hard with y'all on how to communicate people. You know, even when you were five years old, you'd walk up to a man, I'd say, shake his hand and look at man in the eye Mm -hmm. when you shake his hand, you know? And so I don't, I don't think I'm not saying, but I'm, I'm not saying y'all, but I am saying that, that a generation as a whole had rather text or email than they had would rather talk on the phone. I will tell you, I'll be honest. It gives me more anxiety to think about calling somebody on the phone than it does just shooting them a text. I think it, I do think it adds anxiety to our life. I really do. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't, yeah, I don't know exactly where that puts me and what you were talking about, but I, I, and I, I, I don't mind having a conversation, but I also, a lot of times, I, I prefer text. No lie. Well, I think that's a generational. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. I think it's Maybe a generational it thing. You know, I've got, you know, I've, I've been doing the same thing in, in, in my business for, I've been doing the same thing for 33 years. 33 years, the eighth day of this month. And... I remember when I first got into the business, you know, I was in outside sales. We'd go to the office. We'd be there at the office 6.30, 7 o'clock every morning. If you weren't out of the office by 9 o'clock, you were a slacker. Mm -hmm. Because the only way to communicate with your builders then was to, by phone, or you had to go see them face-to-face. You'd have to go meet them and get a set of plans and figure out what they wanted. You, I mean, you know, now mm-hmm. I get plans emailed to me. I've had plans emailed me to me today. Mm-hmm. And people saying, hey, this is a house we're getting ready to start. Here's what we're going to use in it, yada, yada, yada. We need to get. I've got customers that I've sold to for the last two and a half, three years that are younger, younger men and women who are, I'm going to say, early thirties, maybe late thirties. Okay. That I've sold to the last two and a half, three years, and I've never laid eyes on them. I've emailed them. I've texted them. I've talked to them on the phone, but if they were to walk through that door right now, I wouldn't know who they were, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? And there's some of them, and most of them in this case, if I do have a question, I feel like it's a conversation we need to have. I generally send them a text. Mm-hmm. If when you have a few moments, give me a call. I've got a conversation I need to have with you about 
this house or this issue or whatever yeah, yeah. coming up, you know. So uh, there again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely different. It's, I, I'm just saying that it's different and 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 a lot different than what you know what, the way it was when I came up. Uh, you know, speaking of business, as a matter of fact, our business is so vastly different now than it was 33 years ago. Yeah. I think there's probably been more changes in people's lives and in their lifestyle in the last 30 years than probably there was in the previous 60 years. Yeah. You know? And it's just because of the technology that we've, that we've had that, that's come on in the last few years. Yeah. It changes things. That's for sure. Cause I mean, I was just thinking when you started, you were, you started working at TBP, right? Tennessee building products. Yeah. With Paul. With my daddy, my uncle Benny, my aunt Kim worked there, and I was the fourth generation to go to work for that company in 1989. I worked there two summers when I was in college. Then I went there full time May the eighth, 1989, uh, and I was the fourth generation to go to work there. My 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 father, I worked there. My father worked there. My grandfather worked there. My great grandfather worked there at Tennessee Building Products. And, uh, of course they sold in 2000. I worked for that company for 11 months and then I made the move to central woodwork and I'll be there 22 years in December. Mm-hmm. And, uh, seen a lot of changes in, 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 in our business. Uh, I've, I've met some wonderful people. I've, I've dealt with some wonderful people. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with some people that weren't so wonderful. <laughs> Don't deal with them anymore. Yeah. But uh, I I have dealt with some people who were so good to me and taught me so much. Yeah, you know, some of them are in heaven now, and I hope that I was able to communicate to them just how much they meant to me. You know, before they made that journey, because right. they were so good to me. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah. You know, not not many people can say they worked at the same place as their father, grandfather, and great grandfather. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, if you'd have been, if it had still been Tennessee Building Products when I was like working age, I probably would have tried to work there at least for a little while. Well, it was a good place to work. Uh, good family owned it. The the Shulman family, official family owned that that company, and uh, they were excellent people to work for. I, I still keep in touch with them, um, you know, even after 22 years. Yeah. So that, that shows you what an impact that that family had on our family. Mm-hmm. Um, my granddaddy told me, I, I remember when I was 11 years old and we were working together and he asked me, he said, son, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, Papa, I want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. He said, son, you need to get out and do something different. So you need to get out. And I said, no, I want to do what you do. And so I, I'm even today I'm doing what he did. There you go. You know? And uh he told me that day, he said, well, if you do what I do, he said, you'll never be rich. He said, but you'll always be able to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. And uh we're not rich by any means, but we still provide. I don't know, dude. You know? I think there's a lot of people in this world that would categorize us as, as all of us as rich. There's well, some- Oh no, no! I will say this: when you compare it to a lot of people in the world, yes, we're vastly rich. But it's a, uh, you know, money's just a number. Yeah, 
You know, it's just a number. What really matters is family. And and having uh you know, having love for each other and respect for each other and spending time with each other that you know, I I I had to come to grips with this a long time ago that, you know, when I'm laying on my deathbed, more than likely I'm not gonna have a customer that's standing there next to my deathbed. You know? I mean, hopefully my customer if something happens to me, my customers will miss me because I was good <laughs> to them, but that more than likely they're not going to be standing next to my deathbed, right? Man. You know? Uh, but the that thing is, I, I put so much time and effort into satisfying my customers. I realized one day, a long time ago, you know, I, I, these people aren't, they're not going, they're not going to be there at my deathbed. The ones who are going to be there by my deathbed are my, are my, my wife and my children. And hopefully y'all were able to see, I don't, couldn't, I really couldn't even pinpoint the time when this came about, but hopefully y'all will realize that I was able to put a lot of that stuff behind me and work hard, but I also made time for family time. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there were, there was a time when I didn't do that like I should. And I hope that y'all were able to understand that, you know, at that point in time, y'all were maybe too little to realize it, and I'm glad that you were. But I was really just trying to provide because we, you know, we were just at, at it rough, you know. Dude, lots y'all of people got older, go through we, the exact same thing. You know, Dude, as you got older, I did try to make time to be at the ball games and the, yeah. you know, the taekwondo events and you know, swim meets and things like that. And she I was should, very grateful that I worked for people who allowed me to do things like that. Yeah, you know. I mean, heck, when I was little, you were a youth minister too. So it's I like, spent seven years as a part-time youth minister. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you can't you can't feel bad for dedicating your time to doing that. Like, no, you know what I'm saying like <laughs> that was. Uh, I, I grew up as a little kid in the you know like in the youth group. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you were part of youth group before before you were even allowed to be a part of youth yeah. group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. Yeah. And you've made a big impact on a lot of people in that way. And I've seen that over the years too. And so, yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was a, uh, it was, a, it was a huge blessing in my life to be a part of that. Um, and the reason that I invested so much time into the youth ministry and I wanted to do that was because I became a Christian because of the efforts of a strong youth group. Right. And I saw the impact that a strong youth group had on me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of that for somebody else. Yeah. You know, for some other young people. Yeah. And, uh, because I, I know that, I know that it had not been for some good, good Christian men and women who were working with their youth and, and the impact that they had on my life, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, I wouldn't That's be a Christian. You know? I was literally thinking about the same thing this morning. It was raw. It was, I can't remember who was leading singing, but, it was, it was Robbie Probably Forrest. Andrew. <laughs> Sorry, I'm crying a little bit. Here we go. 
Got a case of the Uncle Wilburns came over us again. Yeah. I was just thinking about how uh, much Robbie Forrester meant to me. Yeah. Robbie is a good dude. You know, let me, I spent a lot of time with Robbie Forrester. Let me tell you, uh, I, let me get you, give you a little time, gather your composure here. All right. I spent a lot of time with Robbie Forrester. I was, I was a deacon involved with youth ministry at Brent, Brentwood Hills Church of Christ for several years. And I spent a lot of time with Robbie Forrester, uh, the youth minister there. And Robbie, I never heard Robbie Forrester say anything bad about anybody. Now, these are things I've told him to his face. And I wanted him to know. I never saw Robbie Forrester say anything bad about anybody, ever. And there were times when we'd be standing around and we'd be talking about something. I'd be guilty of that. I'd be maybe gossiping or talking about something. And Robbie would walk up, and he would hear us, and that dude would just turn around and walk off. He didn't want to have any part of it. You, you're going to have to go a long way to find a person as good as Robbie Forrester is. Absolutely. And that dude has impacted the lives of young people for 30 years. Big time. Because, you know, he's not that much younger than I am. Yeah. Shout out to another person I was thinking about this morning, Nancy Parkinson. But Nancy Parkinson. About the two of them. And, and her uh, husband, Jeff, but, one of my best friends in the entire world, loved Jeff. No doubt. But I was definitely thinking, literally, there was a song we were singing, and it was, I was like, I'm never going to hear this song and not hear Robbie Forrester leading it to me. <laughs> I don't remember what, he, what song it was exactly, but, like, whoever was singing, Robbie was not there beside me but dad gummit if i couldn't hear him i could yeah. hear i could hear robbie forrester's voice yeah see i feel the same way about ronnie sullivan because mm-hmm. ronnie sullivan who was my second cousin but ronnie sullivan was very heavily involved in our youth group when i started going to church at fairview church of christ yeah and Ronnie Sullivan took, ain't it? I just watched him. You know, I watched the way he he handled himself and the way he, the the type of husband and the father he was and how he handled himself in 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 church and things like that. And I feel the same way about Ronnie. There are certain songs that I listen to, and I can only hear Ronnie singing those songs. Because he led so many songs yeah. in our youth group, you know. And uh, so I feel the same way about Ronnie. Well, here's another thing. that I'm glad you said something more about him so I could sit over here and think about this. But I was just thinking about how many times I had seen, like, I had seen Robbie lead singing so many times, right? Mm-hmm. throughout and then you know whenever you like are in a position to where you're leading singing all the time or even just performing in general like my friends that are singers will get this too like sometimes you're more enthused to perform than you are other times right sometimes you're more jacked up about leading singing than you are other times sure um and i can just remember times when he would get up and be frustrated with people not paying attention or things like hey, Robbie? that. Yeah, yeah, this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, he would still, he, I just, the thought that went through my mind was that he was just 
setting a really good example. You know, like it wasn't necessarily like, I don't know, what was the coolest thing to be going on in the moment or whatever, but he just always was setting a really good example. Yeah, I mean, I, I can honestly say that I have never seen Robbie do anything that was even questionable. I've never heard him say anything that was even questionable. I And you know what, Jesse? I'm ashamed to say this, but I know he can't say the same thing about me. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I, right. I, I can honestly it. say that about him. You know? There is one thing. That fellow likes to put his hand in his armpits. He bit. does like he does like the <laughs> armpit stance. Yes, he does. And it's nobody okay, can though. do it like he can. It's okay, though. I've, de- I've developed my own version of it. <laughs> I do a similar version sometimes. So. But I, I always remember him. Having but I'll that, tell you something else, though. Robbie married a good woman. Uh-huh. Stephanie has been huge. I know, I, I, and he doesn't. He doesn't even have to tell me this. I can just see it. Yeah, you can just see it. You know that she has been a huge impact on his life. You know, like when I was working with youth group, I was gone all the time. Your mother never questioned it. Never said. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I was like, I could come in. I eat supper. How I got to go to church? I got to meet in church. So and so forth. Like I never said a word. Never. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I got paid to do that, but I got paid very little, probably enough to cover my gas each month. It wasn't about the money. Right. It was about, it was about the impact that we could have, that our, our, team could have on the lives of young people the same t- the same impact that the team that was there in 1985 had on me yeah you know and uh i mean i'll never i'll never forget those people no i'll never forget those people you don't you don't so shout out to all of those kinds of people man because that's a tough job <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's God tough. Dumb, I'm, I'm kind of pissed you didn't cry a little bit with me. You just left me out to dry. Well, I was, dude, when I'm, soak. when I, <laughs> when I lose it, when I lose my composure, it's gone for about three or four hours. It takes me a long, I can't gather my composure like you can. I am gone for like two hours. Well, you know, Ashley left Monday to go to Boston and I said I wasn't going to cry when she left this time. Yeah. I said I wasn't going to cry. What I do? I squall for two hours. You know, I could not get my composure. You know, I don't know how much better at getting my composure I am than than you are. You say, but I'll take it. Um, yeah. Shout out to good youth ministers. Yeah, thank y'all for doing what you do. Yep. We're gonna call it. Well, I tell you what, I've got one thing. If if you want to, I've got one thing. I'll play you. That I still have. I told you the last time when we when I played some stuff, you were like, "Do you have anything else?" And I did. I had one thing, but I was like, "Let's save it," because I was like, "We might need something to play on another podcast okay. or whatever." We'll play it, and I have it, and I listened to it earlier, and I think you might enjoy it. I think you might. Okay. I think it might kind of tie along with a little bit about what we were talking earlier before I started squalling. Like okay. Uncle, Uncle Wilburn. We'll play it and let's hear it. Put you, 
You got to put your headphones on. I got to put my headphones on. That makes me feel official. I like I like my headphones. Keep falling apart on me over here. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I'll tell you what. Let's me and you sign up. Uh, let's see. Uh, now let's 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 see. Let's sing. Um, uh, and I pray each night for my mama and my daddy. You don't, you don't sing that? No. Why? Cause I'll help you sing it. Okay. All right. When I pray each night for my mama. I want them to know I love them so. Now you sing. When I pray each night for my mama and daddy, I want them to know I love them so. Wow. I'm squalling again, yeah, y'all. You got me on that. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish you had prayed that. <laughs> oh, I love Uncle, you. Good old Uncle Wilburn done come tackle both of us right Good, here. I had to get you, end. dude. You got Look, I started crying earlier, and I was like, I'm not going to be the only one. I'm going to get grief. it. I figured that might work. Yeah, you know... <clears throat> <laughs> it's a uh, boy. You miss your mom and daddy so bad when they yeah. ain't with you no more. And uh, daddy, you sing that song all the time. And I had Jesse. I'd forgotten about that. I had absolutely forgotten about that. And when he when he said, "Let's uh, let's sing," I prayed for my mom and daddy. I knew what was going to happen. I knew Uncle Wilburn was going to come and <laughs> tackle me, and 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 lo and behold, I lost my composure. But you know, it's little things like that uh, that mean so much to you. Yeah, I'm glad when I you, got that. One. When your mom and daddy ain't with you anymore, you know, it's a it it's the it's it's not the thing. You know, mom and daddy were so good to us, and they helped us, and they they did things for us and things, but nothing compares. To the little things that I think about, you know, uh, just, uh, yeah, I remember the nights that daddy and I would sit down and we'd watch an old movie on, on public broadcasting on Saturday nights at eight o'clock. They'd always play an old black and white movie. Some of them was about gangsters. Some of them was about, you know, Various things made the, you know, the movies made in the thirties and forties and we'd watch that and we'd sit there and we'd talk about coins and look at coins while we was doing that. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't take anything in the world for those, you know, good old Kleenex coming out here. Yeah. But, I should have uh, probably got one of these out earlier. But i tell you one thing. You got me there, buddy. Well, you stuck me on that and. Yeah. Well, I had to get you after I started crying earlier. I guess I was. I was in the mood to do it today. I don't know. <laughs> it just happened. Well, it's going to happen again, I guarantee you. Well, hey, I love you. I love you too, And baby. I'm glad we got to do this today, and uh, I look forward to doing the next one. 
you got anything you want to say to anybody else? Man, go? I just want to tell everybody we love you and we really appreciate you listening to us. And if you see us out anywhere, hey, come, come say something to us about it because, you know, we just, uh, we're just up here talking. We're sharing, we're sharing family secrets and family stories and, and, uh, we just want to, we just, we just want to try to bring a little bit of joy to folks and, and just to constantly remind you that, uh, that we, we love you. And that's what life is all about is yeah. telling people, let them know that you love them. And, uh, we appreciate y'all and appreciate the comments that we're getting. And again, if you have any stories that you want me to tell that I might've forgotten, don't hesitate to let me know. Cause it's a good chance I'd forgotten about them. So yeah, no doubt. And we, we yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. We got a, uh, a special one planned. I don't know when it's going to happen yet, but you brought up a couple of weeks, several episode back that, uh, you m- wouldn't mind if all the writers on Papa's paycheck yes. got together and kind of I tell am, stories about You texted me about that this morning. I am so excited about that. I, th- I think I'm going to be able to pull it off. That's I awesome. Hate to, I hate to talk about stuff happening before they hap before it happens, you know, just in case something doesn't happen. Yeah. But. I think didn't mean to scream into that mic, but I think it's safe to say that we'll probably be able to pull that off, and I'm looking forward to that one um, because I think it will be real cool to share some share some stories with each other and then talk about writing the song as yeah, well. Yeah, I do too. I'm excited to hear that because yeah, I remember I remember the day you came home and you y'all had written that song and you played it for me in the kitchen. And I had a case of the Uncle Wilburns come over on me that day, and I said, "That is an awesome song." Yeah. Uh, I won't say any more about the song. We'll talk a lot about it that day. But I'm really pumped about that. Yeah, I, go I hope listen all that to. Comes, it. Yeah, go listen to Papa's Paycheck. It's go uh, listen to it. Add it to your favorite playlist. It's about good granddaddies. Yeah, if you like songs about country music and good granddaddies, go get it. You'll love it. Give it a spin. Give the rest of them a spin for me too. If you want to buy a t-shirt or a hat or something like that, hit my, hit my website up, jessiewaynetaylor.com. And thank y'all again for listening. Make sure you review and share this with your friends and your family if you want to. And love y'all. Thank y'all. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. Peace.